I want to say February 7th, 2017. Yeah. He's amazing. Thank you. Oh, he's good. What is it called? Sorry. The name of the song is called Speak to Me. Speak to Me. Yeah. And Carrie Joe wrote it, I believe, and I mean, folks recorded it there. That's all. It's amazing. All right, I'm really not checking my messages. I couldn't turn my stuff out, so I'm mm -hmm. using my notes. Yeah, sure, sure. Thanks. <laughs> I wasn't going to really do this right now, but the Lord keeps bringing it back up, so I'm just going to go after it. And I'm going to also vlog on this. <clears throat> but I, yeah. These are the things that I love about the shack. Everybody's got an opinion about the shack. <clears throat> I'm going to teach on it because everybody's acting like it's unbiblical. I was going to give you a few notes on it. And then I have something else that I want to get to tonight. But I love the tenderness of the relationships in the shack. Yeah. Who's read the book? Who's seen the movie? Okay, so not so many. I want to go. You want to read the book? And you want to watch the movie. The movie's great. The book is phenomenal. There's a lot of richness that they did their very best, but there's a lot of stuff that you don't want to miss. Um, so the shack is about the tenderness of relationship between the Trinity and us. And it's unmistakable. I love that in this story, we have the ability to ask God hard questions and be angry and hurt and confused and disappointed and he's good with all those things. If you don't feel like you have the ability to ask to be angry at God or with God or at something else with him and hurt and confused and disappointed, then I think you may want to meet the God of the universe. <clears throat> He's my favorite place to go. Period. Um, there is a way that we see visually in this picture in the book and also in the movie where you see this tandem where God the Father is with the main character and then all of a sudden you see that Jesus is working on part of the story and the Holy Spirit's working on part of the story and the visual picture of that is how God is working in the unseen ways, behind the scenes, things that we have no idea because we're so preoccupied with this one little nit that we forget to look up and we forget to look around to see all that God's doing and to trust that he's working in unseen ways. Working on things that he's going to give us that hasn't even entered our mind to ask for. And because you haven't seen it, I'm not going to give you specific details. I love how it represents a feminine and masculine side of God. It's way overdue. There's also this beautiful connecting point where we have the physical world and they let you get a glimpse of heaven because I think we forget that heaven is the most beautiful place, period. And it is, co it is existing right now. Heaven is in full force right now. And so we do well to remember that there's something bigger, better, not just when we die, but like right now, heaven's in full force. And that strengthened me when I got that picture and that glimpse and going, oh yeah, I forget because I think this is it. It's important to go, God's working and there's this beautiful place called heaven. I love thinking about the humor 
of the God that we love. He's really funny. He's got a real sense of humor. He's kind of sarcastic. Who's known God to be sarcastic in your personal life? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's funny. So funny. There's this beautiful scene where the main character is having dinner with God. And it's stunning. Stunning. I just would invite you. I would even invite you sometime in the course of your life. If you would just sit at a table, three places, and you sit down for dinner. And just let your physical body have an experience of what it means to be having dinner with God. Because it says in Revelation that he set the table for us. He is expecting for us to sit down and eat with them. <coughs> um, that even though you may go through terrible pain, God is able to create incredible beauty. It's really important that you know that. That God has the power to create incredible beauty, beauty out of terrible pain. Which made me think about that movie, Collateral Beauty. Who's seen that? <coughs> Collateral Beauty. You gotta see it. It's amazing. And the rest of it, you can't really do until you see the movie. We'll talk about it again. I do want to release one testimony, though. When I was reading, I was talking to somebody. She was here earlier, but I don't see her. Um, I was talking about how powerful the shack was, and the first time I read it, I remember what year it came out. And it was for the first time somebody had put into words the way that I was experiencing God. Mm-hmm. Things that I was seeing, things that I was hearing, things that the Lord had shown me, and they were so scandalous you couldn't really talk about them out loud. And then I had my friend who finished the book before I had, she texted me, or she we had lunch, and she goes, you know it's just a fiction story, right? And I'm going, no. She goes, it's just a fiction. It's just a story. He just made it up. I mean, it wasn't about him at all. It's about this blah, blah, blah. She starts chatting around this other thing. And when I went to bed that night, I was reading the book, and I told the Lord, I said, okay, I went to the end of the book, and it's a made-up story because he was born in some African country or whatever. And I said, you know, I believe that you want to manifest yourself like this because what happens is that this character encounters the living God, right? Encounters the living God. And I said, I believe that Jesus promised that, and I believe that that's what you want for us. And I said, so it may be a fiction story, but what I would write is I want to have those kind of real-life stories. I want to have those kind of real-life encounters because people go, it's just a crazy story. But if a real person has real encounters with God like that, it's not so easy to, to let that go. Mm-hmm. And that was the prayer that I prayed, prayed, and I put the book down, and I went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, I just woke up suddenly, just like, just woke up. And I knew it was the Lord, so I got up, and I went into the living room at the house that I was living in at that time. And it smelled like incense. Mm-hmm. And it scared me because I thought, oh, what's, what's in the house? I went to check the fireplace. We hadn't had a fire. The fireplace wasn't open. And I was just sitting in the living room. I'm going, Lord, I don't understand what this incense is. And he said, the prayers of the saints Amen. are like incense to our God. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things change your life. Yeah. Those kind of encounters, you don't run after the encounters, but you run after the God of the encounters. Because mm-hmm. he, I'm humbled that you speak my name. I'm humbled that you want to come be with me, that you want to reveal yourself to me. It's like, I just want to continue always come back and stir up it's your it's your god-given right to hear from your god amen it's your god-given right jesus paid the ultimate price 
just so that you could hear from your God and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. So if you'll turn to uh, Galatians 6, uh, just want to show you a couple of things. Patience, patience, patience. So here's some things that I learned about this. 
I found that every time, because I hate trimming, but I'm excellent at it. Isn't that just a curse <laughs> that you would be so great at and you'd hate it? But it's good because it makes my brain work really well. And it, so here's some things about the prophetic. This sounds like it's not related, but it really is. you got to have the right tool. I have one paintbrush that I trim with. I don't paint with, I don't trim with anything else. One thing. That might be for you, the word. That might be for you, the spirit. That might be for you when you know you're connected to the Lord. That's a word for somebody. Sometimes you speak because you know you have the power to speak. But sometimes you ought not to speak because you know that you've got to get to that place with the Lord. Does that make sense? Because otherwise you're shooting a gun that has no aim. Right? And instead of giving a gift. Another thing is um, you have to have enough paint and the right kind of paint. And I found when I was doing the trim, the secret of do, doing trim is you don't look at where you've been, you look at where you're going. So if you're painting this way, you're always looking here. If I'm painting this way, I'm always looking here, where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Not where I've been, where I'm going. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a great prophetic word. And so I'd love to take credit for all this. The Lord wasn't really showing me this. He's like, oh, look, Jenny, you're not looking at where you've been. You're only looking at where you're going. And I go, oh, but what if I mess up at? He goes, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going on down the line. Just keep following the line. So one thing about the prophetic process, life in general, learning to walk with God, is learning to trust the process. Renovation of the heart, renovation of people's lives, renovation of the spiritual realm takes patience. There's a lot of dust and mess. It doesn't last forever, but it requires patience, and you have to learn to trust the process. And you have to learn to trust the outcome. How, how can you trust the outcome when you don't know the outcome? I just want you to say, I'm not going to rush over this. How do I trust the outcome when I don't yet know the outcome? Because I was, I'm, I'm, these are the conversations I'm having with the Lord. Because I trust Tony, and the Lord's like, going, he's very good, try again. Okay? Uh... Because I trust the Lord because the Lord is good right because I trust that somehow God is going to be good so I can trust the outcome of the process because God is good God's good to me and he's good all the time I think one of the reasons that the Bible is so powerful to us is because it gives us these real-life people I have a greater appreciation for Abraham and Sarah than I ever did just wandering around we're gonna go I mean we literally Literally, we had lunch on Friday. The check said, where are we going to go? we got to check out the hotel tomorrow morning. And I went, baby, i got no idea. And so we just stopped over lunch. And we didn't go, oh, God, I thought you would. You know, we just went, God, you know, we don't have a place to go. So we either got to stay another week at the hotel, which means we need you to pay for it, or we need you to do something else. Amen. That was the prayer. Because we believed that God was leading us somewhere. Amen. An hour later, I get this random email from my friend. Hey, I just found out about this condo. Would you like to move in? And it was like that step by step by step. And we literally, if we didn't know we were going, we didn't take charge to hold of it ourselves. We just waited. Okay, God, where next? So there's some part of patience where you're not going, oh, I'm waiting forever. You're waiting and listening. And then you move forward. And you make sure that you're staying in step with the Lord. I don't know about you, but for me, I rushed ahead because I was scared to death. So I've run into things, done things, put my hand to things that were actually cost me more. It cost me more time. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. 
in, in a demolition, just like I was telling you about the painting, rushing the painting process only put me back several days. So there's some ways that we align ourselves with agreement. There's a ways that we run ahead of the Lord and go, oh, well, God did that. No, probably not. Because when it's right, it's right, it's good, and it's right. Does that make sense? That was kind of bail. Let me see if I can say that a little bit better. There's the world's sense of good, and then there's heaven's sense of good. And heaven's sense of good has peace, joy. There's a way to glory on it. Mm -hmm. The world's sense of good is just enough to get you by. God doesn't ever, God's not ever just trying to get you by. So I know that Chuck and I have taken shortcuts because we were afraid and we just had to get by. And what we're actually saying is, I don't trust that God's going to actually give me the good thing. Right. Follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So press into the heaven's notion of a good thing. Uh, believe it or not, I had a really crazy sense, um, and I mean this with the utmost respect. I think maybe for the first time in my whole life, I had a sense of, of what it meant to be homeless. I became very keenly aware of how grateful I was for friends, how grateful I was for work, how grateful I was that I actually had places to go, and what homeless people, at some point, they ran out of those. Does that make sense? They ran out of options. And how does that how do, how do we then, how do we live our life then, trying to uh, relate to people? Here's another thing. Keep looking at the little wins instead of looking at the why. That's good. Keep looking at the little wins instead of at the why. Well, why is this like this? Well, why is that like that? Well, what, what are we going to do here? But just keep looking at the little wins because that's where the Lord is working. And here's what the Lord's showing me. It's, Jenna, I'm up to something bigger than what you're up to. I just want to get, I mean, I'm going, I just want to get back in my house and get back to normal. The Lord's going, I'm aiming so much higher. Are you aiming high enough? It's like what the Lord showed me is, I just want to, I just want to get my clothes in the right place and have a wash and dry. I was like a little kid. And I just want to have my pictures up and I can't cook in my kitchen. And yeah, yeah. the Lord's going, I'm trying to, I'm creating a, a kingdom outpost. Right? There's serious demolition going on here because there's a lot of stuff going to happen in this house. And then it just kind of blew my whole perspective for all of us. Do you, do you know what your assignment is? Because if God's doing renovation, he's trying to get you ready for your assignment. And if you don't even know what your assignment is, that's a great thing for you to start asking the Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Show me what my assignment is. What are you prepping me for? What is the renovation? What is the things that has to be done on the inside and the outside to get me ready for the assignment that you have for me? <clears throat> Keep looking at the little wins. Keep looking at the why, the big picture why. I've had a lot of opportunity to move stuff, throw stuff out, and make do with what I have. How about you? Here's one that's kind of funny. Believe it or not, I think this has something to do with prophetic. I've been off my phone a lot. I'm just going to keep challenging this because I just see our culture has gotten so swept up in being on our phones. And when you detach yourself from your phone, you have more bandwidth. You have more time to hear from the Lord. You have more time to just dream. You have time to brainstorm. 
I found that I was praying more in a more free kind of way because I wasn't on my phone. I'm not attached to it. It's like my phone is still blowing up, mind you, right? But I had it quiet and I had it in another room. And so I would check it periodically, but instead of here, oh, I can instantly avail them. Oh, 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 what's going on? What's going on? It's like I could just sit down and go, Lord, I'm working. So what's, what's going on for you? What's go That's a great question for you to ask the Lord. Hey, Lord, what's going on for you? What are you thinking about? Instead of trying to get God to be thinking about what I'm thinking about, which was another great scene out of the shack. The main character is talking to God, telling him about his kids, talking about his wife. And then he stops and looks at God and he goes, I just told you about everything you already know about. Right? And they go, yeah, we know. But we really enjoy hearing it in your words. Right? It's like just so sweet. It's so beautiful because he wants to be with us. showed me um, just this scripture, and I'm going to see if he'll help me. I'm sure, I'm sure that he will. Uh, that reminds me of the word. Right oh, yeah, okay. Um, you know that line in that song, uh, I can't remember exactly about, um, talking about that you speak my name. I'm humbled that you speak my name, the power of that. I realized I, I had this really horrible encounter that happened mm, just a week ago, not even a week, right? Last Friday, I don't know. It's new, it's still really fresh. And I keep going to the Lord about it, going, forgiving, blessing. Uh, so just hold on a second, I'm getting a lot of thoughts. Do you remember when they talked about um, saying to the centurion, just go send a word and he'll be healed mm -hmm. and that he'll send his word and heal them from afar. I found I was in that moment and I was listening to that and just worshiping, just having some time with the Lord. And the Lord said, you know, you could send healing to that house. Just like the centurion asked for healing, that Jesus would send word of healing to that house. And so I just stood there and I went, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I send healing to that house for the offense and the upset that has happened there, that God would do something because he's the God of the impossible, instead of going, this is the way it will always be. Do you understand that that is a lie from the pit of hell? This is the way it will always be. This is the way he or she will always be. There's nothing we can do about that. That's just the language of heaven, language of hell, because heaven is always bringing life. Heaven is always bringing the impossible to bear. So just releasing that healing to that house <clears throat> and then that was, I was going somewhere else when he reminded me about that. About speaking your name. So I've just been asking the Lord, going, I just, I need you to tell me what you think about this. I need you to tell me what you think about this. And if I was going to be completely honest, I wanted him to, to place judgment. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who was right and who was wrong in that situation? Because I want him to be the mediator. And I realized in that song tonight that what he's been saying ever since that day is he's just been calling my name. He's been calling him the name that he's given me, the pet name he's given. He just has been calling me by my name. He's not even talking about the situation. He's just reminding me about who I am. That's a word for somebody. God's not going to always be the mediator for you. He's just to remind you about who you are regardless. Do you know who you are regardless of the circumstances that you find yourself in? Okay, so Galatians 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, 
you who are spiritual should restore him gently. The word here, operative, is gently. We're, we are going to all be caught in sin at some point or another. The question is, is, do we have enough spiritual depth that we can actually restore someone? Do we have a heart to restore someone? And when we restore them, do we do it gently? This is a classic place of where you want others to do to you what you do to others what you want them to do to you, right? You want to be restored gently, so restore others gently. But watch yourself or you may also be tempted. Tempted to be right. Tempted to retaliate. Tempted to judge. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And what I love about this thing, this this verse, and I think I taught them some time ago, about you carrying each other's burdens until they can carry themselves in Christ. But what I found was a challenge for me in this place that I have been in is that I've been carrying others' burdens to Christ. Does that make sense? This offense, this upset, your problem, your circumstance, carry each other's burdens to Christ, to him, because he is the one who can do something about it. And if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Let the Lord, uh, you know, search my heart, the meditations of my heart, set meditations of the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. You know, Chuck said this beautiful thing. Um, I can never remember the guy's name. You said it the other night. Uh, the guy that was cursing David. Shemai. Shemai. Do y'all remember this story that David's coming in a procession, I think, right? And the guy Shemai is cursing David. David, do you remember this whole thing? And and there, somebody said, well, I'm going to kill him. And David goes, no, no, maybe the Lord's trying to talk to me about that. So right as this thing happens, Chuck just throws out, you know, he was praying. this Lord, maybe, maybe you want this thing to be like Shemai for us. And when he said that, I just feel like the best place, listen, when you get into a bad place, the best place for you to go is search me, O oh God. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that way, you're not tempted to judge or condemn or criticize the other person. You're not trying to evaluate them because you're so busy about letting the Lord evaluate you. See, if you let the Lord evaluate you, you ain't got time to be evaluating everybody else. Allah, right? So, if anyone thinks he's something, he wants to test his own actions, and then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. Let me make sure where I'm going. So I, I this was really interesting today. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. So you know when they say that there's those negative things, do not, that there is a, there's a, a positive to that. So I was asking the Lord, well, if it's do not be deceived, what's the positive? And it says, um, receive the revelation. Do not be deceived, but do receive the revelation. If God cannot be mocked, it means that God is faithful. Receive the revelation that God is faithful. And then there's like this really odd thing. He's just said in verse 6, anyone who receives instruction in the word, 
must share all good things with his instructor. So it's like you get a word in the word or a word from the word, big W. You share these things. And then once you look at verse 7, it says, A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. I just thought it was interesting that we're talking about the word, we're talking about testing, we're talking about correcting, and then all of a sudden we go to seed. The Lord takes that notion and immediately turns to seed. And it was such a strong picture that we were standing here praying, and this is the picture that I got as we were praying. Carol, we were just talking about releasing a word. Ooh, there you go, right there. <laughs> it's like that you, you get this picture, and... We were sitting there and we were holding hands and then we went, okay, we just walked off. No expectation. And the Lord said, no, when you prayed, when you were all sitting here home, prayed, you were out of your mouth was coming seed and the seed was going to this field. And so you don't just go, well, that was nothing. You go, you release the seed and now you're eagerly waiting and you're watching. Is the seed in the ground? Has the rain come? Has the sun come? Oh, I see something. Oh, I see something. That that is that. That is the opportunity, that is the instruction, that is the hope that is within you. That when you pray something, it's not just gone, you've released it like seed and now you're waiting, looking. Why are you waiting and looking? Because you have sown from the Spirit. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit where you breathe eternal life. It's like, it's really interesting. Um, here's what the Lord is showing me today because I was going... You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about the flesh and all that kind of stuff because your flesh has been redeemed. <clears throat> I just realized that's what was clicking. The translation I was looking at this afternoon it said, the one who sows to please the flesh is what most translations say. And I don't know if you, in Sunday, a couple of Sundays at New Wine, we were talking about the flesh being, because your flesh has been redeemed. In this place is the word in Greek where it means that you pull off away from the Lord that you're going to demand your own way. Because the flesh that's right in connection with the spirit is redeemed, it's working. But when you pull off and you go, I don't care what God wants, I want what I want. When you live according to the flesh, it talks about it in Romans 8. And in this same way, the one who sows to please the simple nature, it creates destruction. You're going to know which one you're sowing based on what you're seeing. Because when you sow from the flesh, you're going to start seeing destruction. But when you're sowing according to the spirit, you're going to see what? A harvest. Right. Let us not become, verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. But you gotta have to you have to do like that internal search, right? What have I been sowing? Am I seeing destruction or am I seeing harvest? Am I seeing little tiny buds coming up out of the ground? Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Sometimes what the Lord's doing on this little Tuesday night thing, this little Sunday morning thing, these little retreats. But, but God really is doing a new work among us. He's creating an appetite among us 
that we would hear from God, but that we wouldn't just hear from God for ourselves, but we would hear from God and give it away. Amen. And I believe it's like seed. And so uh, I just want to strengthen you, one, to press in to hear from the Lord. It's your God-given right. Two, that you would begin to listen for other people and that God would embolden you and give you the courage to give it away. And the only way that you're going to be emboldened and give the courage to give it away is if you know that God is going to be the one that's going to protect you if you blow it. Sorry, not if, when. when. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's giving somebody a word that was not so good? That didn't work out so good? Who's giving people a word and they got mad or upset? Okay, thank God. Somebody besides just me. Okay, good. Does that in any way diminish your identity, who you are? No. And that's the attack. Right. You should never say another thing. You can't hear from God. Did God really say? Say a lot from the garden. And so if God's people can be unplugged, I can't really hear God, and I can't say the right thing, you know, they've just been disconnected from the life source. And you've lost your purpose. You've lost your meaning because our words. Did you hear what Bill Johnson said? That when God speaks, he creates worlds. When God speaks, he creates. When we speak, we create. Amen. And so, that's a, I hear that and inside, the little girl inside me goes, oh, shit, that's really scary. <laughs> but the woman of God in me is going, that's right. Right? Amen. And so, you want the little girl trying to grow up a little bit going, that's right. Because the Holy Spirit inside us, he is jealous, envious, zealous, crazy for us to rise up and use the voice he's given us. He paid, listen, this is something God just keeps laying on my heart. He paid such a price for us to be fully developed. Amen. He paid such a price. And so any, any antic, any mimicking, any tactic and obstacle that we see that the enemy is used to diminish us or lessen us or quieten us, man, you just want to go after that because our words are powerful in the kingdom and otherwise. So bless you. All right. I think that's all I have. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I think we talked about this briefly, but um, did I give you guys the website to do your spiritual gifts test? Did I give you guys that? I want to give you that because I want us to do that. I, I can print these things out, but it's so many pieces of paper. It'd be great to just go online. And then what you can do when you go online, um, I can't really show you a picture of it, but let's say here's your test, right? And you're going to have a whole list of things, and you're going to have... Jenny, uh, I can pull it up. Um, no, it's okay. But just, just listen to me. So here, here is your results, right? And you're going to have like this graph. Here's the numbers. It's going to probably come down lower like that. And in this column, it's going to give you the word, the name of your gifts, and that's going to be a hyperlink. And if you'll go over and click that hyperlink, it's going to pull up all the scriptures and places that you can find that gift in the scripture. Okay? What's the website? And so the name of this website is called Coda 
Crone, K-O-D-A, Crone.org, Coda, Crone.org. C-H-R-O-M-E. C-H-R-O-M-E, Coda, Crone.org. And it's going to take you about mm, 10, 15 minutes. You'll answer questions. Try to stay away from neutral zones. Doing um, any kind of test like you take like that because you just you avoid that answer when you try to go right in the middle. So go up or low. And then um, uh, there's something else I was going to tell you about that. And then you can either screenshot it or you can print out your results. Once you get done, it's free. And you can just print out the results and then bring those back because I want to see who God is planting here and what we're doing. Yes. Um, can I just modify the URL, sorry, yeah, the is, website that right? just gave. Yeah, it's codachrome.org slash spirit gift slash. Okay. Otherwise, you're getting into their kind of homepage and it's a lot about family and stuff. Thank you. you okay, codachrome slash Codachrome spirit. slash spirit gift. Spirit gift. Yeah, don't worry about the okay, other slash. Codachrome.org slash spirit test. Spirit gift. Spirit gift. Sorry, spirit gift. Codachrome.org slash spirit gift. Okay, so do that. Because you, you want to know. Remember what we just said about being fully developed. You can't be fully developed if you don't even know what's in here. And do you understand that God put that in you for this time? Such a time as this. Whether you're 18 or whether you're 85. I mean, I have a friend that I've been working with. She's 77. She's just done her spiritual gifts. 77. She thought she had one. You're going to have more than one. Paul said, eagerly desire all the gifts. Somehow, some denomination goes, everybody gets one gift. Well, Paul said, desire all the gifts. So you might have 10, you might have five, you might have more. So check it out. And then bring the results back, and um, we'll go from there. Please. All right, so... Um, I'll do that next time. Well, let's just uh, let's get together and we'll pray. Let's make a circle and we'll pray. Have a